And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from our station. We have a great program prepared for you. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Revelation of the Sun, looking at Luke chapter 17. So hopefully you can stay tuned to our program. Hey, but before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Lord, open up your word so that we may understand it, Lord. Open up uh, our hearts and minds to what you will for our lives. Speak to us, Lord, through your word. Thank you for all those who are tuned in. In your precious name. Amen. Thank you again, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned into our program titled Revelation of the Sun. Very exciting program that we have in store uh, for you today. So hopefully you can stay tuned and follow along with us in this incredible passage. Nathan Jones, like I said, it's always great to have you on. We always have a, such an incredible time here uh, talking about different subject matters. And you were saying, Nathan, that you like the background today? I do indeed. It's quite apocalyptic. <laughs> Well, you know, Nathan, that, and you actually made a good point earlier as we were praying that uh, today people are, believe it or not, into uh, uh, so many apocalyptic things, movies, TV shows, and programs, almost as if the world was being prepared for something to happen. Doesn't it seem like society has a just a, a passion for watching movies about the yeah. after the, what happens after an apocalypse? I think of the Mad Max movie the, uh, was that last year, and Movies like that that show surviving in a post-apocalyptic world, and uh, Hollywood seems obsessed with it, and people want to watch it, and, and yeah. they're looking for possibly, we live in an age where the possibility of an apocalypse is so near that people theorize, and movies create ideas of what it would be like to live in that era. Well, the Bible talks about that same thing, too, that an apocalypse is incoming to the world. The, the book of Revelation describes a seven-year tribulation when an apocalypse yes. Is coming to the world, and what will that be like? The Bible teaches it as well. Yeah, excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we want to bring this home because the Bible does have a lot to say in terms of events that are going to develop and apocalyptic events that are going to take place. Now, you and I are definitely under the agreement, Nathan, that we don't believe we're going to be here for certain apocalyptic events, such as those described in the time of the tribulation, the seven year period. Right. Let me say, uh, those of us, I'm sure you're meaning those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yes. They promised the rapture of the church, as Apostle Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, yeah. that the church before this tribulation will be caught up, the word is rapture, rapture, up to heaven to be with the Lord forever before the wrath of God comes upon this world. And that's what the tribulation is, really. It is the wrath of God upon the world to punish it for its sin yes. and to force man to choose him or not. Mm, excellent point. And that's exactly right. And you and I believe, according to Scripture, that we are going to be uh, spared out of that by an event called the rapture. Right, Nathan? Right. Yes. And if you are a believer in Christ, you will be raptured up to heaven before this coming apocalypse. Now, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, you know, we all die at any moment, but if you live yeah. on and the tribulation happens in our lifetime, then you will see this apocalypse coming upon the world. Mm, yeah. And Nathan, as we jump into uh, the Bible there in Luke chapter 17, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot of description in terms of the coming of the kingdom of the Lord and certain things that are going to develop. So we want to encourage our viewers and our listeners to jump in with us in Luke chapter 17, the beginning on verse 20, as we begin to open up uh, these incredible scriptures. So Nathan, if you can take us there, that would be fantastic. Well, certainly. Well, Jesus opens up. People want to know when his kingdom will come. Remember that 
Jesus came first as a suffering lamb to die for our sins, and the people, the religious leaders, uh, even Jesus' own followers at the first coming were so confused by it, they couldn't understand yeah. that why Jesus was not instituting the kingdom. So people were asking, hey, what is your what kingdom? Christ. What will be like? And, and he answered this in verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm, I love that. And Nathan, here we, be, we begin to talk about this incredible topic, the kingdom of God. Oftentimes people don't tie this, Nathan, also to the time of the millennium and the ultimate uh, coming of, of the, the, the kingdom of God. No, no they, they, they don't. I think, too, the, there's a lot of confusion over what substitutes or what substantiates you for the kingdom of, of Christ. Yeah. We look here and Jesus says, well, Jesus says it can't be found anywhere it's within you. In other words, it's a spiritual kingdom. That certainly is the case. If, if you just took that verse, that was the only verse that talked about the kingdom of Christ, then you'd be like, okay, it's a spiritual kingdom. It's, yeah. it's the church. It's, it's Christ ruling the world through the church. But that's not all of what the Bible has to say about right. the kingdom which we'll learn more about as we read on. Nathan, excellent point. And because there's different beliefs, there's different teachings, there's different views out there, right? And, and, and you're right. Some try to just spiritualize the scriptures, but we're going to find out that it's not all spiritualized. Some of this is literal. Right, right. And that's what the people in Jesus' time were looking for. They were looking for a physical king where Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem on a David's throne as king. He conquers the Romans. Mm-hmm. And he sets them up as an earthly kingdom on this earth. And certainly that will be the case, but that, that, that earthly kingdom is coming. But first, Jesus had to die for our sins, and we are living in an age where the spiritual kingdom is ruling and reigning on earth right now. Mm, excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for clarifying that. So, yeah, Nathan, if you can continue to take us through the other verses, that is fantastic. All right. Well, let's uh, break it up in chunks because this is a long passage. I'll do 22 through 30. Then he said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will also be in the days of the Son of Man. Mm. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Wow. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Mm. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Mm, excellent. And Nathan, that was our key verse there, when the Son of Man uh, is revealed. And Nathan, now, if you can describe to us the rapture and the second coming, because there's going to be two revelations here in a sense. Right, right. It's often confused that the rapture of the church and the second and coming Christ is one and the same event. It's clearly not. Right. When you read all the verses related to the return of Jesus Christ, you can divide them into two camps. They tell two different stories. Absolutely. One is uh, Jesus coming back to rescue his church from this world and bring them up to heaven before his wrath comes. Another verse is described Jesus coming back with the church, with the church. Yeah. to rule and reign and set up his earthly kingdom. And so here we're, we're given by Jesus 
be saying here, uh, you know, in this first coming of mine, uh, people will be saying, hey, there's the kingdom. Or look here, look there. Say, no, 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 no. I have to suffer first. I have to be rejected by this generation first. I have to die first. And whoa, that blew their minds because <laughs> the apostles were waiting for a king to sit on a throne. They weren't looking for a spiritual leader. Exactly. They were looking for a political leader. But Jesus said first, no, no, no. I have to die first. I have to suffer first. Yeah. And the world has to get increasingly evil, like the days of Noah, like the days of Lot. It will get worse and worse and worse until it's like those terrible, terrible times. And then the Son of Man will be revealed. Nathan, excellent point. And this is why it brings us to, I mean, modern days. Nathan, it talks about the time of Lot, the time of Noah, the, the situations that were happening. And can we liken some of what's happening now, Nathan, to that? Well, yeah, you know, uh, what was it like in the, the days of Noah? Obviously, Noah and his family were the only righteous people right. on an entire planet. Imagine the world <laughs> so evil that God himself had to say, I have got to destroy these people and start over again with a few righteous people. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he did. Or look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was so wicked, so, so yeah. evil, that when Abraham asked the Lord, are you going to say 50? Yeah, I'd say the city was 50. Well, well, what about 45? Yeah, it's all the way down to, to like 10. And he, there's not even 10 righteous people on the whole planet. So he takes Lot yeah, right. and his wife and two daughters out of the city before his wrath comes down. So you can imagine then that the world has to become so amazingly evil. It has to be like the days of Noah mm. and like the days of Lot before Jesus Christ returns to the second coming. Well, Nathan, I can tell that if our president didn't change from the last one, we would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. The evil that's sweeping the world, the love of all things evil, especially yeah. sexually, the lying, the murder, the theft, it's, it's bad. But, you know, it's, it's going to get a lot worse. A lot worse, yes. He's talking about the revealing of the Son of Man. When Jesus comes back at the rapture, before the tribulation begins to rapture the church to heaven, that's not the days of Lot. No, I mean, it is bad now. But by the end of the tribulation, after seven years seven, of the Antichrist yeah. ruling and reigning, killing Christians who, who get saved after the rapture, people who get saved after the rapture, uh, the, the, the lying, the murder, the witchcraft, mm -hmm. uh, the stealing, which define the tribulation, will make the world just as bad as it was during the days of Noah yeah. and Lot. So, brother... It's bad now, but it ain't nothing That's right. how evil it's going to get. Excellent point. And Nathan, you know, the Bible talks about witchcraft and the use of drug use, uh, all these demonic things that are also going to be happening spiritually during this time. And, and this is why God's judgment is also people, even with that, they will not repent. Right, Nathan? No, no. And they keep living as if nothing's happening. You know, I, there's this real uh, popular picture going around the internet right now, internet right now with shows people on the golf course in Hawaii while that volcano is blowing behind them. You know, because they're still golfing. They think they're safe. Why a wow. volcano is going off behind them. Well, a lot of people today are just like that. They're, they're living their lives, uh, as uh, Jesus said here, they're eating, they're drinking, they're getting married, uh, they're living life. Mm -hmm. They're not even anticipating that evil will befall them. And yet, in each of these two cases, disaster fell on these people like a flood. One day they were just living their lives, the next day a flood came or the fire came. Likewise, during the tribulation, everyone will be just living their lives, 
the rapture will happen, the world will be shocked, and after that, man, the world will get to become the most evil it's been since the days of yeah. And, you know, Nathan, it seems th today that many people are not listening to the message that is being brought to them, just like in the times of Noah and the times of Lot. Right, Nathan, we have, again, a lot of prophetic voices in America and around the world uh, encouraging people come to Christ where there's still time. And like just like in the time of Noah and Lot. Oh, no, we have more time, people will say. Right, Nathan. And then the surprise came. The Apostle Peter prophesied that in the last times, people would scoff the idea of the end of the age. They'd say, eh, everything's been the same as it's been for 2,000 years. Right. I remember uh, working at a Bible prophecy conference about 10 years ago, and I was outside, and a plumber was parking his truck at the business <laughs> next door, and he came over, and he asked me, he said, what's going on? What are you guys doing? I said, oh, we're doing a Bible prophecy conference. Right. And immediately, this look of skepticism fell on his face. He looked kind of like smug and says, Oh, come on. Things haven't changed. Everything is always as the same as it's always been. And man, immediately, oh, second Peter popped up in my head. You're right. The end time, people would scoff Off. the idea yes. of two things. One, that there ever was a flood. In other words, there ever was God's judgment. And two, God's judgment would come again during the tribulation. And brother, we yeah. are living in a time of great denial that God will ever judge the world. Excellent point. And that's why, Nathan, you know, sometimes we get upset or we take it personal a little bit when we when people don't want to hear the message of Bible prophecy, even pastors and leaders, sad to say, a lot of them are the ones that sometimes are making it more difficult uh, for the teachings of biblical prophecy. Like they don't think it's important. Somehow they, it, it, they don't think it's a popular thing. So why are we going to bother talking about that? But yet again, it's Bible prophecy being fulfilled. If you've ever climbed, I know you got to Miami and here in Texas, we don't have any mountains, right? It's, no. <laughs> it's as flat as a board. But I used to live in the Appalachians. Uh, you know, you, we've all probably visited the mountains at one time in our lives. <laughs> you climb that mountain and you look out and you can see for miles and miles around. Unfortunately, most Christians, and the Bible of Jesus says here, the world seems to live down in the valleys. They only see the little bit of light that's around them. You have to go up into the mountains. In other words, you have to read your Bible yes. to get that 30,000-foot view and see all that's coming. Brother, when you go up there, you look out, and you see there's a that. storm, a major black, filled with lightning and thunder and destruction. A storm is approaching, it's approaching. but most people are totally ignorant about it. You know, Nathan, and, and that's an excellent point. I mean, for those that are watching us live via the TV they can actually see the, 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 the picture behind us. And you're absolutely right. When you're looking from a mountain and you look on and you see what's really happening, uh, yet many people can't really see because they're all the way in the bottom. And yet, like you said, we need to allow the word of God, especially Bible prophecy, to make people look up and wonder, man, what's going on? And, and we see that, that these days are approaching very quickly. Absolutely. And Jesus warns us to know about this. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't read about Luke 17, uh, where he's explained what it'll be like when his kingdom comes, unless he wanted us to know about it. Now, did Jesus give us every single detail? Did he draw maps and diagrams? And, no. You, no. You have to study the Bible in its entirety That's to right. piece together what the Lord plans on doing. Now, not all our maps and guides are totally 100% correct. We're missing pieces. We're like, we've got 75 pieces of a 100-piece puzzle. Exactly. So we're getting close to the point where we will understand 
all that happens as prophecies are being fulfilled. Mm. There are prophecies being fulfilled in right. this day and age that indicate we are getting very close to this tribulation time period. Yeah, and Nathan, it's a scary time. Uh, in other words, for us, it's an exciting time because we know what awaits the believers. But it's a scary time. What the Bible describes is going to happen. I mean, Nathan, you read for us there in verse 29 uh, through 30. That is a, a catastrophic event uh, when you consider what's coming. It says, but in the days of Lot, uh, when out of Sodom, it rained, it says, fire and brimstone from heaven and, and destroy them all. Uh, even so will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. I mean, and Nathan, you've been to Israel. Even today, you see the marks of the destruction, right? Uh, over 2,000 yeah. years. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, all just goes to the Dead Sea. You know, the Dead Sea yeah. is uh, in the southeastern portion of Israel. It's the lowest point on the earth. And it's dead because the waters flow in, but they don't flow out. Now, back in Lot's time, Abraham and Lot, their herds were getting too large, and their, their shepherds were fighting with each other. So Abraham took Lot up to the top of a mountain. He said, you choose what land you want, because our herds are so big, we need to split. You choose one land, and I'll choose another. Yes. And Lot chose the area around the Dead Sea because it was known to be a fertile land, a mm -hmm. great place for grazing, a great place for crops. It was the area where Sodom and Gomorrah and two other towns were located. Well... <laughs> I don't know that you've been there, you and I have seen it, that the Dead Sea is absolutely dead. It is it's covered in salt. It smells like sulfur. Uh, they're trying to grow stuff there, but it's impossible. You can't drink the water. Nothing lives in the water. When the Lord brought the fire and sulfur and brimstone and all down and annihilated the Dead Sea area, he made it so it was absolutely unlivable. Right. And that is the analogy, that the, the comparison, that the type, the symbol, whatever you want to call it, that the Lord uses to say that in that day when Jesus returns, mm. not just that area, but the whole earth will be like that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty chilling. Very, very chill. And Nathan, you and I are definitely not fire and brimstone preachers, but here the Bible does know. say fire and brimstone. So we're just bringing it because this is, I mean, we share good news. And that good news is, hey, right now you're listening to this program, you're watching this program. The good news is you don't have to endure any of this, this fire and brimstone. But the reality is those that reject Christ, who want nothing to do with it, who thinks it's a game, all oh, this is just two guys there talking about this this uh, this Bible prophecy stuff. Nathan, whoever turns their back on the truth, then the Bible says what's, what's waiting is calamity. Right. And, and he warns us. He, Jesus goes on in verse 31. He says, In that day, he was on the housetop, and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down and take them away. And likewise, the one who's in the field, let him not turn back. Yeah. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but mm. whoever loses his life will preserve it. Wow. Now, what is Jesus saying there? He's saying that if you seek to save your own life by your own means, you're going to lose it because your sins aren't forgiven. You Absolutely. are exempt from God's wrath. You yes. will have to endure either the tribulation or if you die before that, eternity in hell. But whoever loses his life, in other words, surrenders their life, gives their life up to Jesus Christ mm. and let him take the wheel, so to speak, it'll be preserved. We will not have to endure the tribulation. Right. We will not be sentenced to hell, but will we live with Jesus Christ forever 
I love that. You know, Nathan, Jesus said, take up our cross daily and, and follow him. So our little bit of suffering now for Christ in comparison uh, to the judgment that is coming is nothing to com be compared. The Bible makes a great case. Jesus warned that the world would hate him because to, to the world is dying, is going to hell, it's mm. still under judgment. We're the sense of death. Uh, why does, does it seem like our society is so desperate to erase every semblance of Christianity? They're, they're trying to push everything that's Christian out yeah. of the public arena. They're trying to push Christians to stay in their homes and then soon they'll kick us out of that. They're, they're trying to erase Christianity because... Christianity reminds the world yes. that there will be judgment one day, and without Jesus Christ, whom they rejected, they're going to hell. And so they're going to persecute us too, and, and that is the, the era in which we live. And it's, it's sad and unfortunate, but you're yeah. right, brother, and it's nothing compared to the eternity of joy and bliss. Yes. So we have before. Ooh, praise the Lord. And Nathan, that's why those verses are powerful. In other words, it's a call to repentance uh, now while there is still time. And again, I love that there, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. It almost sounds like, excuse me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it goes against the opposite, the way we think it. But you know, that's how Jesus operates. Everybody wanted a king to, to set up right. on the throne and say he, he died as penniless pauper and rose from the dead. Nobody was expecting that. It was a mystery, but... The Lord knew that before we could take the physical kingdom, we yeah. first had to have a spiritual kingdom. We had to have a renewal. We had to have subjects that were purified to live in that kingdom. Absolutely. And that's what this church age is. It's a time where we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, our sins are forgiven, yeah. and then we inherit the earthly kingdom and the eternal kingdom that God will set up. Ooh, excellent point. And Nathan, and it's true, you know, there does come a time where we need to stop stop living so much for ourselves. And, and that's the reality. We're so focused sometimes on ourselves, on the things of this world. And I'm not saying everyone, but the majority. Uh, and they don't seem to recognize, you know what? Jesus says that we're in, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 15, you know, the Bible says, excuse me, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 2 John 2, 16 for, uh, excuse me, First John uh, two sixteen. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who endures, he who does the will of God, uh, abides forever. And that's exactly what you're reading for us, uh, Nathan. That we are to, uh, you know, hey, lay down our lives. But then the Lord has something better for us. Those are powerful verses, man. That is. So true. We need to give up our lives. We need to surrender them to Jesus Christ. And in doing so, our lives will actually be transformed to the real yeah. lives they were meant to be. Isn't it interesting that if you compare the world to money? You know, what yeah. the world offers is so sad and pathetic and fleeting. Absolutely. Uh, sensuality, money, fame, it all goes away so, so quickly. It's like a morning vapor that evaporates. It's like a rusty old mm -hmm. penny, but and people cling to that rusty old penny in the clenched fist. They won't give it up. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Lord lays out the riches of eternity, spiritual riches, even material riches. Not that we're aiming for that. Right. But, I mean, goodness, the, the streets that are literally paved in gold. I mean, money is useless up in heaven. There's bountiful food. There's health forever. There's eternal life. There's to be able to stand before the Father and, and, and see our Creator face to face and live in perfect love and unity. Man, 
That, and it's so worth throwing away that pathetic little penny yeah. and grabbing the eternal, priceless bounty that is Jesus Christ. Woo, praise the Lord. And I think, Nathan, right now you're speaking to someone's heart who's tuned into this program. And, uh, you know, we want to encourage you. It's so true. Live for Christ now. Uh, because this is this is the opportunity. This is what we have the opportunity to earn our heavenly reward based on our action here for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Nathan, I want to thank you for just those wonderful verses. I know our time uh, goes a little quickly, but Nate, can you take us through the rest of those uh, verses there as we close chapter 17? Sure. Well, uh, verse 34, Jesus kind of takes an interesting U-turn here. Right. <laughs> and uh, it take a, I tell you, in that night, Lord, the tribulation. There will be two men in one bed. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together, in other words, grain, and mm-hmm. one will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Lord, and he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Ooh, and that in itself, right, Nathan, is a whole different teaching, right? A whole different... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you want to tackle it because a lot of people look at these verses and say, oh, one's caught up. That's where this is uh, talking about the rapture. But it's not. It's not talking about the rapture. It's talking about at the end of the tribulation, when Jesus returns, he will gather again all those who survived the tribulation. There will be some who are saved, they yeah. accepted Christ the Savior, and then we call those the tribulation saints. Absolutely. There will be those who remain rejecting God, and a lot of them, or if not all of them, have taken the mark of the beast, the Antichrist name, they've sworn loyalty to Satan, in other words. Yeah. And we know these people are raptured to heaven because, because where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Yeah. Whenever the Bible talks about eagles gathering together, you drive down the street, you see roadkill on the street, what's there? It's birds of prey. They're picking apart the dead carcass. Yes. That's what they're saying here is that, that, that the dead, they will be gathered together yeah. to fight one giant battle in Israel and Jesus will return and defeat them. Mm-hmm. And in the Valley of Armageddon, there the bodies will lie, the blood will go Good from high, the horse's bridle, and the carrying birds will be there devouring the dead who have rejected Jesus Christ. Well, Nathan, you did great because, of course, we know there's all the passages, Revelation 19 and many others talk about this. But again, it's just a great, great way uh, to plant in individuals' minds what is coming. And the sun will be revealed. And right now he can be revealed in your hearts as you open up your hearts and make room for Jesus. And we want to give you an opportunity right now uh, to do that. Nate, will you be able to share with that person, maybe on the other side, whether it's watching or listening, that do not have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start the relationship right now? We can go back to the verse where, where Jesus said, uh, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save yeah. his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. If you're trying to live your life on your own, if you're trying to do it your way, if you think that you can do good works and that'll get you to heaven, the Bible says, no, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Yes. Now, here he says, whoever loses his life will actually preserve it. So what we need to do mm. in order to grab hold of Christ's salvation, be saved from the tribulation and eternal death, is to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, to pray from our hearts, dear Jesus, please, Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Mm. And Jesus promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. Mm. The guilt will be washed away. You have now had your life preserved. Yes. You are a child of God. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And maybe you just trusted in Christ. We're celebrating with you. God loves you. God has a special plan. That's why he allowed you to be uh, tuning into this program so that you can understand how much God loves you. And we are to now go forward and share that good news with others. The Lord is coming to and he will be revealed. And then, of course, we will be with him forever. So, Nathan, I really appreciate you sharing those wonderful passages. I know some of them were a little ta a little bit hard to tackle, but uh, thank you for making them simple and clear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment uh, of the program. But Nathan Jones and Vic Batista, we want to thank you for being part of the program. And we want to say goodbye and may the Lord bless you. And we'll continue to pray for you that this wonderful relationship that God has started with us, he will be faithful to complete it and use your life powerfully. Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being part of our program. I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you. And the rest of you, we pray that you have a blessed day as well. And Lord willing, we will catch you next time on our next program. Again, keep your eyes looking up. The Lord Jesus is coming back very, very soon. Have a blessed day.